0: Boker Tov, good morning everybody. We have, we have a great, great year today. We have a great hatchala for learning Reb Tzadok HaKoyim. Um, before that, I wanna, wanna mention some names that please have in mind as we're learning. Yosef, Gidon, this is all the Yosef, Gidon, Yaakov and Penina, Esther, Bat, Adina, Miriam, Avra, Moshe, Ben Cyril, Yosef, Rafael, Ben Yehudis, Ilan Zafnat Bat Tova, Michal Avivah Bas Yehudis, Ilana Hana Bas Gila Reinala, and Mina Michal Pesa Bas Kela Tzipa, and Yehudis Batsara. These are all things that, right now, need uh you know, we should be privileged to that our learning should be for in, in, in this list of the Slos of Derufu and the name and this list should get shorter because everyone get, is getting healthier. So like this. This is, this is intimidating because it's a very, this is not, Reb Tzaddik is not vorts. It's not like a, it's not like, oh, you know, like a Hasidic uh, one-liner. We began learning last week that this Tzaddik knew everything, everything, and he taught about everything. There's not a subject that he didn't he didn't touch upon. But, and there's not a subject that he didn't touch upon that didn't have all the Torah in the subject that he was teaching. So it's almost like, wow, like what, what could you say about just about anything? He's, he's, he's all-encompassing. And the piece that you have in front of you is from his Sefer, on the it's a parish on the Parshas and the Mo'adim and the Halladay. called Preet And And um, I took it, I, I edited it a little bit, just a tad, just so that it could be a bit more approachable. And we need to have a few Hagdamot in mind, three, like two intros, two intros uh, before we go inside. One of them is like this, when we say we're going to be spending a lot of time in davening. Hopefully we've been spending a lot of time in davening, but we're going to spend even more time in davening in the next few weeks, a lot of time. And it's great to be reintroduced to Shmona Esre. Shmona Esre, the first three brachas, Magen Avram, Etin, and Atah Kadosh, is connected Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Also, the three attributes Hakel, Hagadol, Hagibor, Vhanorah is also Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. So, I want you to keep that in mind. Okay. So again, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. I wish maybe you should, if you have a pen, you could even do this as a chart. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Gadol, Gibor, Nora, Magen Avram mechayim kadosh kela kadosh okay that's how the davening is structured that's how tefillas it is structured now keep that in mind and I want to throw out something else and this you could see how Rabbi Tzadok was influenced by the Me'a Shiloch. every and, and the Kotz Everyone says um, uh, and everyone says that Because according to the line in of where he came from, What's the nafkamina? What's the difference between the two? What does that mean? That everything's in the hands of heaven aside from your, your, your Bekhira of having fear from, from, from Shemaim. And according to Reb Tzadok Akon of Lublin, that's true every day of the year besides one day of the year. What day of the year is that really, Be'emet, not really the case? That's Rosh Hashanah. Zotomeret like this. In the month of Elul, my working on Yirat Shemaim is my avoda. And ani le dodi, it's my work. I'm working on it. What begins to take place on Rosh Hashanah and then spreads out through Yom Kippur and Sukkot, and if ani le dodi was what was happening during the, this month, that means I'm working so hard on establishing this yirat Shemaim. What what begins to happen? It's the flip dodi li. That means Hashem comes down on me. Now, all year long, we explain that it's always dependent on how hard I try, right? Then there are things in life that according to the world of Ishbitz, but he's going to, uh, uh, Reb Tzadok, and he's going to show it, is that regardless of how much I try, there are moments in life that have nothing to do with my avoda. The, the presence of, of the Rebun Hashanam, the presence of the Shechina, the feeling it, the feeling it, it's not dependent on what I did or didn't do. It just comes down. And we're going to see that through Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, and we're going to see that in the reference to Rosh Hashanah. So, if, was that too, it wasn't too crazy, right? Did I say that so far? It's very different than what we normally learn, but this is a very important for today's, for today's learning. So, so far, so good? that's dodi Dodili Dodi-li is Hashem saying, uh, oh, my beloved is to me. Like that, when, that, that begins Rosh Hashanah. And it continues. But the Altarev says it continues through Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot is Ahava, Mansim Simchatayim. So really like, the flow of Elul Tishrei is Elul is Anila Dodi, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And then Anila Dodi, uh, ani, ani Rosh Hashanah starts, with Dodi-li. Okay? That's more or less... Imagery-wise, how we could understand what's going on over here, but Reb is going to show us something, something I think tangible for Rosh Hashanah. So let's 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 go right inside. And I, I, everything we said right now was Hagdama over here. B'tfilas Rosh Hashanah Now, generally during the year. How long is the bracha of Ata Kadosh? Let's say it in ten seconds. Ata Kadosh Veshimcha Kadosh Veshimcha Chayim Chasela. Depends if you're in a Sacheri, whatever. Ki Amelach Gadol Ata Baruchat Hashem Akela Kadosh. Now let's do it Oshani Am Kipper. Ata Kadosh Veshimcha Kadosh Veshimcha Chayim Enuchasela Then all the Uvechein starts. Then there's like and the, the deepest feelers in the world till you get later Kadosh Ata V'Norash v'ein elokhaim aladecha kakasu, right? kakasu v'aik ba'ashem tzvokat wa mishpat v'akel ha-kaddash nikdash b'itzdaka baruch ha-tashem that's a long, that's a very long bracha, so in the bracha of At HaKaddash on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur it's 30 times longer than the way we normally say it during the year, every day, like this morning At HaKaddash, if you dive in, it was 10 seconds Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur it's 5 minutes at least, to really be in it, right? Hopefully longer. Now, within the bracha of Atah Kadosh, now again, whose bracha is Atah Kadosh? Yaakov. Yaakov, That's important. It's Yaakov's bracha. Within the bracha of Atah Kadosh, one of the tefillas we asked for is, (laughs) Uvechen ten pachdecha. Hashem Elokeinu, al kol maasecha. Hashem, please give your pachad. On all of your creations. That means there should be reverence, there should be awe, there should be a holy fear before you amongst the whole world. It's a beautiful bracha. Remember Rosh Hashanah. It's not a, a. It's a Jewish holiday, whereas that it's brought down in the Torah that this is when Rosh Hashanah is. But it's a. It's a holiday of the creation of the world of man. We're thinking about everybody, so we say During that bracha of Atakadosh. we say other things too. Like what? What else? No, huh? before that, with the uvechein's, what else are we davening for? Not just pachad, right? yira right, and everyone, but another uvechein. Throw out something else. Uvechein tzaddikim loviyismachu. Uvechein tein. There's a lot of things in that bracha. But he's focusing on the question is, why is pachad brought down by the bracha of Yaakov? And you'll see why that's a question in a second. So again, Just like we said before, the first three brachas are against are our, our three Tatis, our first three right, the three fathers. that's what that stands for. We know that really where should have this bracha that speaks about pachad, where would it have been more shayach to be placed? Yitzchak, yitzchak. Why Yitzchak? yitzchak. Gvura. At gibor. Also pachad Yitzchak is the stuff we... Aneinu pachad Yitzchak aneinu. These are things we speak about during Slichot. It seems that the bracha of asking for pachad on the world should have been more shayach to be placed within the second bracha. That makes sense, Nakhon? Yitzchak is gevura, pachad Yitzchak. So now he's going to begin to answer this. Ha'in yanhu keyadua, the gimel ha'toarim, hagadol, hagibor v'hanora, hem keneged kedusha sagimel avot, hagadol hagibor keneged midat kedula gevura. Sheav mavinu alav hashalom, vitzchakavinu alav hashalom merkavah lahem. So we know that when it comes to gadol, why is why is gadol hakele gadol? connected to Avram Why do you think that? Av Hamon Goyim. He's the father of many nations. And also, he was the first one to point out that basically, this whole God thing is... It's one and it's Gadol. Right? He brought the Gadol. He brought the, he brought the G out of the G. He brought the Gadol out of God, if you want to say it, right? <laughs> he, he was the first one to do that, right? In the world. <clears throat> Where was it? Yesterday? Was I the Here? Was it this year? Like Avram Avinu's first? No, the, the men listen to this. This is a great, it's a little sidetrack, but it's good. <clears throat> this uh, Avram Avinu was the first one. We 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 already we're already born into a world where there's one. We know there's one God, and we're trying to like figure that out. What, what that feels like to us in our own lives, but really we're we're born into a world where that's already a kind of a given. Can you imagine what it was like for Avram Avinu, that first moment where he realized it's just, you know, this one God in the whole world, and he's taking care of everything? Can you imagine what that felt like, that first moment, right? Can you imagine that? Like, think of that, like that first moment that something clicks for you in your life, about that first thing, whatever that is, that first moment of it, what it does to you. So I was sharing with the men because it's Pashas, Bikurim the and it's the first fruit. Like we have to be tuned into beginnings. It's going to be beginnings again. So the Yidda Kodesh of was very tall. He was like 6'5. The, 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 the Rebbe of the Rus'im Chabonim of the Yidda Kodesh, he was massive and he was buff. He was, he was, he was a Gibor, Mamash. And he took out, at one time, 20, 25 Cossacks tried to jump him after coming out of a base and he took them all down. It's a lot of stories like this about him. He was really a pele, this this figure. But the, one of the strange things about him is that he only had one tooth. So they asked him. I don't know who had the chutzpah to one of the one of the one of the, maybe see chassidim, asked him, "Why do you only have one tooth?" So he said, "I'll tell you what happened. I wanted so badly." to taste for one second what Avramavinu tasted, what it felt like, that moment of when, that, that Kela Gadol was actually one God and his own God. I wanted to feel what he felt, that one, mo- that first moment of that realization that Avramavinu had in the world. And he said, the moment that that happened, God gave it to me, the moment that it happened, it was such a, Powerful, out of body experience that my teeth plucked. That my teeth just were plucked out of me. They they, shat, they They came out of me because I couldn't contain it to stay in this world. So I, but I have one tooth as a <laughs> So this for us, the fact that we go, we come into a world that Avraham We come into a world where yeah, there's one God, and we, it's like a given. As if like we act like it's a given. It wasn't a given. For how many years wasn't it a given? For how many generations wasn't it a given? 20. Avram Avinu is the 21st generation, one, two, one, two, one. right? After, after 20 generations. Now back then also, how long was a generation? Today how long is a generation? Longer. What do we say today? Well, I'm a, what's a generation today? 20, 30, whatever, right? Back then what was a generation? Right, so we're saying there were there was hundreds, thousands of years that it wasn't a given that there's one God. Then there's a moment that's gadol, okay? That one God told this one person to slaughter his only son. Atagibor, Yitzchak Avinu goes on that That's gibor, okay? They embody the midot of gadol and gibor. But then Reb so continues here. We're in the second paragraph. At the last, the, the last word on the second line, ve gadol keneged That's Yaakov Avinu Zach. Why? What did Yaakov Avinu say when he woke up from the dream? She neamar Manora hamakom hazeh. He wakes up from the dream, when the, remember the stones beneath his head? And he wakes up and he says, ma, Wow, Nora. Ma Nora makom aze. He He's like, wow, what, what, what I realized. I, I didn't know, he says. I didn't realize. I didn't realize how awesome this place is. That's Yaakov Avinu's mida, Nora. How Nora. Nora, modern Hebrew means terrible. It really means awesome. But in the context of being full of awe. Not, wow, awesome, you know. Mm. Full of awe. Now let's understand. Let's try to understand. What's the difference between how between Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov? What was the difference between their avodah? Avram Avinu, in order to reach the level of gadol, did he have to work on himself? Yeah. Poof. God, did he have to work on himself. Yitzchak Avinu, to bring down the Mida of Gibor, did he have to work on himself? Crazy, but he had to work on himself. For Yaakov Avinu to bring down the Midah of Nora, did he have to work on himself? No. He got it from a dream. He got it from a dream. He got it from... Kilu, it's not even him. And that's how he refers to himself. That's when he thinks about himself. He always, in comparison to his father and grandfather, he always referred and felt so tiny in light of the embodiment of Midot that his father and grandfather brought down into the world. Perush, third paragraph. Like on his deathbed, Yakobinu says, "Ha Elokim Asherhi talchu avotay God, that my fathers really they were walking before him. Right? Shehem avdu behi glutam kol echad They really worked so hard. Each of them in their own madriga. Avram amidat aava, Yitzchak amidat He was talking about them. He was saying, "Look how hard they worked." Ve'al atzmo. But about himself, Amar, Ha'elokim Haroe Oti Meodi Adayamase. God that shepherds me every second, because I can't do anything on my own. I need God every single second in my life to show me what should I do here, what should I do here. Now, do any of us buy that? No, but do, you, do, do we understand the Yaakovino actually believe that? Yes. That's actually what he really felt about himself. That unless God appears and shows him, do this now, do this now, do this now, he's not going to know what to do. This is what he's saying on his deathbed to his children. God who is shepherding me. Right now, till this second. What does Reb say say? In the third line, In the luto line, Yaakov has nothing from all the hard work that he does. That's what he feels only when God decides to put the flashlight on and say, oh, here, walk here. That's the only thing Yaakov Avinu really feels that he has in this world. You with me so far? Okay. That's why his Mida is the midah of Nora, Yaakov Avinu. Pirush? that this yira and fear and pachad falls on him regardless of how hard he tries or doesn't try, which was basically the result of what happened when he went to sleep that night. That's what he realized. Like Rabbi Tzodok is saying over here is, is very important on so many levels, but he's bringing about the Pshat of the Pesukim. The Psukim are basically showing us Yaakov Avinu brings down the Mida of Yira, of Nora, not due to his avoda. It's a result that happened to him in a dream. But when we ask you a question, what do you think is stronger or more everlasting? The avoda, the, the, the godly feeling that happens due to your work, or the godly emotion that comes into you due to the moment that God says, eh, sorry, falling on you, no matter what. Very tricky. That's
1: what they probably to your work.
0: Ah, so hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. Yes. It depends on what you do, see how it comes to Nahon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Is he doing a play
0: on words here with Roy with Ain and No 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 Shepherding. No no, no. just not yet, no. I mean, maybe in another piece, but in this piece, no. In this piece, no. Here, it's clearly just saying that act of like a shepherd having to tend to his flock every single second. It's amazing how much we live in these modern homes, but then you walk ten seconds and you see actually shepherds with it's it's really crazy, right? Okay, so this is very important. Again, this last line: Shenofel alav hayira vaapachad nashemit barach belohi luto He doesn't try so hard, but the yira of pachad of Hashem falls on him. It just comes onto him, no matter what.
1: And it's very powerful. It's like a like an isusul dilatata stays longer, right? You work on yourself, and then but but you may never feel it as much as when boom, you know, like that's a gift.
0: That's why I asked about everlasting. Like what lasts? What lasts longer? And he's gonna he's gonna bring out something so amazing. Now let's go back to the issue we had. It's true. Yitzchak Avinu is known as the Pachad of Yitzchak. But how did Yitzchak Avinu tune into the Pachad? He had to draw and illustrate and visualize in front of himself, God is right here in the room with me. And that brought down the Pachad for him to live in that state of mind of Yira. And then, when he sees God is standing here upon me, then the yira and pachad comes immediately. But that's something that Yitzchak had to draw and bring about in front of him to 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 have that 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 sensation that we're speaking about. Didn't it come from the UK Hmm. Didn't Not according to the way the Rebbe is saying. In general, in life, this Yitzchak Avinu was connected to the midah of pachad. Av al midas Yaakov Avinu leva shalom, who hanorah she nofel alav ayira mitzad Hashemit barach mimeila. You know what the word mimeila means? Anyhow, like anyway, like uh, he could draw, he could not draw. uh, Yaakov Avinu is turned into something else. It it happens anyway now. I know that you're gonna, no one here is going to want to sound haughty when I, when I ask you the following question. At the risk of sounding haughty, answer me honestly. Did any of you ever experience this moment in your life of Yaakov Avinu? It's, it's a, now, at the risk of sounding haughty, it's actually, for anyone that's really experienced it, it's the most humbling moment because it has nothing to do with you. Hashem decided it to be like this. Boom. It's not you. So it puts you into even a deeper state of yira when you're willing to be honest with yourself. See, some people are like, they say, you know, Megheli, I, I've worked hard. So this, these attributes, I could understand how they're starting to work inside of me because I've worked very, very, very hard. I mean, the greatest example we always give is one time, you know, when you have those moments of realizing God trusts me with part of him by giving me a child, that's a a midas, a yira, Yaakov, Avinu moment. When you have those moments, like when you're able to get out of all the different things that children bring out on us, and then realize, God trusts me with part of him. Mic drop. Right? That's that's not pachad yitzchak. Pachad yitzchak is, okay, I have children. Wow, this is like... What this is an amazing, I really have to get my act together, I need you here, I need you, I can't do this alone. When my child comes home from school and I, I, I want to just look at them without any expectation or judgment or whatever, just, just pure unconditional love, I need you to be in the room with me to bring that out in me, that pachad, right? That you're here, I have to treat them like gentle diamonds. That's pachad yitzchak. But then there's these moments of Oh, do you trust me with parts of you? It's, it's not, you understand, it's nothing you did. It's nothing you did, and yet it hits you so powerfully. On a certain level, this is how he's explaining the Gidli of Yaakov Avinu in this world. That's Nora. Now, what are the high holidays called in Hebrew? Yamim no ra'im. Yaakov Avinu is really the one that's, that's carrying the whole show here. And we'll, look, we'll understand in a second why. Look at the next paragraph. Ve'itah b'gemara. Now we go to the Gemara. And what do we know in the Gemara M'sachim? is a famous one. That at the end of the day, how do we refer to the holiest place in the world? We don't refer to the holiest place in the world the way that Avram referred to it. We don't refer to it the way Yitzchak referred to it. We refer to it the way that Yaakov Avinu referred to it. Look, Avram shakasav bohar. Avram Avinu looked at the place of the Kodesh, of of the Mekom HaMikdash, and said, "No, oh, this is a mountain." And not like Yitzchak, but Yitzchak Yitzchak Lasuach Basadeh, not like field. Ella ke we refer to our home of homes, to God's home of homes, the way the Yaakov Avinu called it. What did he call it? A Beit. Emzekim Beit Elokim, v'ze sh'ar he refers to it as a home. That's how we end up referring to God's home as Yaakov Avina referred to it. Pirush. Why? Why is it like this? And Zehava, this connects to what you said before. When the Israelites deal with, and look what you were saying, when the Yisrael deal Zahata, when it's more saying that I've stirred up this pachat from Hashem that he puts onto his heart that God is standing upon him, guess what? Just as fast as it came onto you, it could also leave you. Because it was your doing. And the Yitzharah comes every single day and he messes with a lot of your own accomplishments. Things that you've come to, the Yitzhara says... I'm going to mess with you big time with with those things and start messing with your mind. So the more, so he's saying, basically those things that I came to on my own, the Yitzharah is going to come and make it hard for me. Therefore, it could also leave me. All that work of drawing up the imagery and everything, it could also leave me. But the moments where it's boom from above, and it's not due to your you're you're working on itself, he says. These things last forever. Ki um lad. The impression lasts. The impression lasts forever, never. You know, it's still a question of what do you do with it, but the impression lasts forever. It's
1: like my mother's Sinai, Right. Kid, like it's just on them, like whether
0: you. <laughs> <or> Nachon, <not. laughs> They didn't. What did mean, they do? Originally, doing? they
1: said they said that they wanted, but then once it came, it fell on them.
0: Mamash That is a Qumlaad. We're still here sitting learning Torah because that happened then. These things happen, these they last forever. When Ryaku said when he woke up from that dream and he felt something, he said, elokim. He calls this place a home. That's what a home is A home is keva A home represents permanence A home represents the place Where hopefully you, when you walk in here It's not like a hotel that you know you're packing up as, as comfortable as that hotel Maybe for the night You know you're leaving the next day But what we try to do with a home is make it a place of comfort Because we know this, is, this alludes to to keva Permanence and also means fixed It's fixed, it's established in us
1: um, there's a there's a place in Poland that um, that we sometimes go and I may be ruining the surprise here by sharing this, but um, you like go in and it's like this old broken down apartment house, and you go up these like rickety old stairs, and when you get to the attic, you see that it was once a big knesset, and um, and and the only thing that's left is like the top of the Iron kodesh. Like there's, there's a floor built, you know, there's like floors and apartments and they divided the whole thing up and everything. But, but with the, over the iron Kodesh, it just says, no it. And mm. so it's just like in my uh, mind like beautiful. that it's like, even though it's not a big anymore and, you know, like groups go there and they daven, but it's very shaky because you're like standing in an old rickety attic, but you feel like no it, that it's like, it was awesome. once there and it's always there.
0: It's beautiful. So now look at the third to bottom paragraph. Now we're gonna tie this all up. We're gonna tie it all home. Hopefully not up. We're gonna tie it home. The psikta is a midrash, okay? This is what it brought down in the midrash. The Rosh Hashanah. Yaakov. When we talk about the Kshofer, who do we who comes into the picture? Yaakov. Yeah. Hariyu Leloke Yaakov, right? Yeah, look, look, look. Hariyu, we blow the shofar to the God of Yaakov. The pasuk says, it doesn't say says like, No, hariyu. I understand the pasuk, but why not? Okay, he's going. <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's why we're here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, where, 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 where is this from? This is from today's Shir Shalyom, right? So this, this, hmm. this, this, this pasuk from Tehillim is from today's Shir Shalyom. When we blow the shofar, Hariyu, we say Hariyu, Blow the shofar to the God of Yaakov. We say Hariu lelokei Yaakov. Lama leYaakov mikol Avot. Why Yaakov more than Avram or Yitzchak? Why do we refer to the blowing of the shofar more for Yaakov than for Avram or for Yitzchak? Kach so shanu Raboteinos. Our rebbe's taught us. But midas shadad moded modedin lo, which basically means Hashem. It's like the Torah of like the Baal Shem Tov. Hashem tzilchay diminecha. Like what? the way that you act down here is the way that they're going to act with you above as well. Avram kara la-Bait Har. Yitzchak karo sade. Yaakov kara oto platin. paltin that means like a palace. Like the home, right? The palace. So chayecha, that means God's like promising. Yaakov, chayecha shani boneoto oto ve oto beit Yaakov. I'm going to build this house and it's going to be called Beis Yaakov. Ve'af Asaf, Asaf is the one that... that one of the Mishorim, he was one of the singers in the Beit HaMikdash, right? Matilim let's say, we have his name come up a lot. Who was he? He was one of the, one of the jammers. He's one of the musicians. You know the place by Sion called Marat Asaf? You know where that is? You know where Dasper is? Mm-hmm. You know, right across, there's a, like a little hall. I've done a lot of concerts there. He's still a lot of, con- no? It so no, doesn't exist anymore? I saw you there
1: when I was a teenager. <laughs> You were there? You
0: came to one of those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they met? Uh-huh. You never told me. Uh-huh. No? <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know how to Really? Mean, I used to go there all the
1: time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe from your dreams. No, in one of my dreams, she came and saw me there. <laughs> so Asaf, Matt, they call it the, the, the cave of Asaf. I don't know if exactly they have... Any evidence that that's where he was, you know, singing, preparing, but whatever. Avasaf <laughs> lo yiskir in And his mizmor tehiyim, when he when he talk about the trua, he only mentions Yaakov. Shneimar Le Loke Yaakov. This shushim Whatever. This is a whole thing about the the shofar blowing it has to do with Yaakov. Lichora. <laughs> trua Yaakov. Second to bottom paragraph. shayach So again, why are you sticking to just saying this is about Yaakov Avinu, the blowing of the shofar? I get the base HaMikdash, Migdash, that whole thing. I get it. He called it a Beit. We call it a Beit Migdash and not a Zem Mikdash or Hara Mikdash. I get why the Beit is still Yaakov's territory. But when it comes to Shofar, why are you now saying, no, this is also Yaakov's territory? Also why is it? Sorry? Also the people. Also the people. We're called Gnees, That's a great... Uh, that's nachon, another, nachon. That's another... It doesn't align here how he built it up, but it's true. He's the Bechira Avot. We're, we're named after him as well. Okay, so uh, we're in the second line, in the bottom, second to bottom paragraph. Ach al piha Now here you have to open your hearts. And and this is the the essential hachana for Rosh Hashanah. Acha einyan al pih amur. We know that mitzvah tatruah, the mitzvah of the shofar, le orer hayir abalev. The mitzvah of blowing of the shofar is to awaken the yira that's in the heart. K'moshen emar hayitakash shofar ba'ir ve'am lo yechradu. This is the Rambam explains this. Clearly, when, when it comes to... it's a famous Rambam where he speaks about why do we blow the shofar and this man. It's like, because that blasting of the shofar should give us a zetz. You know, because we're accustomed to it, we hear it every day during Elul, so it doesn't do that same emotion. But imagine you're walking down the street in December, and you pass by someone, right right then and there, which would shake you to your kishkas, right? Shake you to your soul, because that blowing of that sound is supposed to shake you. It's supposed to... It's supposed to arouse the 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 awe, this manorah hamakom in our hearts. That's what it's supposed to do.
1: We see it with babies. How? When when Pesach blows the shofar, my kids, the babies are freaking out.
0: So the, yeah, the avod is that also by adults, they... they... Right, but it's, it's, at that
1: point, we don't know yeah, if it's okay yeah. and it's filtered, so we have to tune into that. Right. Like, oh, wait, it right. should do that to me, it's, too. Right?
0: That, that is what it should.
1: I mean, we've been hearing it for over 40 years, and every time I, I still should, I, it's like, whoa, what is that noise? Right, that's what, yeah. see,
0: Baruch Hashem, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if if we blow it in the house, sometimes, it looks, so I'll say, okay, everyone, we're going to blow the chauffeur but really it should be everyone's in their own room. <laughs> I don't tell anybody, and I just start blowing shofar. That would have that effect, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But also, you have to <laughs> stay healthy and hard stuff, and you know you have to be careful with these things, also, right? <laughs> but the ikar by ikar ar hayir kayam laad. What's more important is not how much, what it does to you at that moment. What's more important is what is what does it do to you after you hear the shofar? Does it stay inside you? Does that sound stay inside you? So I just want to digress, I want to just jump for a second to a Torah in Likutei Maran for a second. Rabbi Nachman says that many people suffer from what's called Akmimut Balev, that means crookedness in the heart. It doesn't mean you're a crook, necessarily. It, it, it just means that my, my heart, it's just not yeshar, it's crooked and it feels things that could, they could, you could swear this is the emus based on your feelings, it's because it's just it's crooked. That's also one of the reasons why the Torah tells us, don't follow that which your heart feels and your eyes see because they can convince you that what you're seeing and feeling is gold. is the best thing in the world. Why? Because I feel it. Now, what's the one thing that could help us to really get a straightening of the heart that's the voice of the shofar mm. the voice of the shofar he says it about uh, the voice huh? it's interesting because the
1: shofar has to be bent I
0: just it's thought that in- yeah it's interesting, interesting. Nice the sound that comes out of it is supposed to lay le'asher it's supposed to lay le'asher it's supposed to straighten whatever akmimut is taking place that's essentially what it's supposed to be and then the question is is there yira that's left in your heart after you hear the shofar that's what it's supposed to be
1: Please. The, uh, you're talking about, I mean, here we're talking about the Shroah and the Shofar and how it's bent and how it's supposed to be a share. The first sound is is tkia, the second is Shvarim. and the third Shroah. Again, if you're in the way of three, I don't know, but Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov and the tkiyah which is straight and and um, almost like hailing the, mm-hmm. you know, it's like almost like you know, calling you to attention and then the where you where you begin to cry, you begin to, you know, um, to realize what is happening, and then the truah, which is what we're really focusing on here, which might be aligned with Yaakov, I don't know. But the truah is when you're when you're the most broken. That is the most broken sound, and that only at that point is when you can become truly.
0: There's a great Torah to, to to. I don't want to say take higher what you said because what you said is on its own so great. I guess it complements it. Who was the most broken of the Avot? Yaakov. How do we know he was the most broke? Like, just, I mean, just got to read a little bit about his life. But there's a Torah from Rebbe Leib Eger. It's also he was his best friend. Reb was his Chassid for 28 years, I think we said, or 20 years. And then he was his best friend. And he says that when he, when the the most true moment in Yaakov Avinu's life was when he walked in to get the bracha that fateful moment when his mother dressed him up and everything, and he brought those, you know, and he beat Esau to the bracha. So when he walks in, the pasuk says, the Yitzchak says, (laughs) It smells like Gan Eden in here. What is going on in here? So Reb Leib says, "When when a Yid's heart is so broken over Ratzon Hashem, it's like a cinnamon stick. That when it breaks, that's when its fragrance comes out. Yitzchak smelled that. So it definitely adds up. If we wanted to do Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Tkiah Shvarim, Shrua, definitely. Tkiah, Kela Gado. Yeah, he's what he brings out, right? Shvarim. Abba, why are you putting me on a Mizbeach? <laughs> Yitzchak. Trua. Oh my God, I got to leave my house. I got to live in exile. I got to fight angels, fight my brother, craziness, my children aren't getting along, that's truah. So it does very much add up to what you're saying, but only at the end you go back to t'kiah, and we know by Yaakov Avinu that at the end of his life he felt that he was living a complete t'kiah. So it's very good what you said. Balev mm-hmm. la'ad And this is what's left in his heart forever, and that's why he's called a house. A, a house. Bottom paragraph. Umitam Now I'll go back to the beginning question. This is the reason why kavu bebirkat kadosh hatfila Uvachen ten This is why the tefila over having this type of pachad was placed in the bracha of Yaakov Avinu. Perush sheHashem it barach yiten pachad mitzidoh. Shehumidas Yaakov kol What does this mean? Why on Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we're asking for Hashem to give us the Mida of pachad, not based on our avoda at all. We say to Hashem, as hard as we worked for 30 days, we know that what we need in order to be a lasting imprint in our cannot and should not be based on my yisarusa deletata, my awakening from below. Because as, as, as beautiful as my avoda and elu is, hopefully, it, it, it essentially, ideally, should only bring me to the level where I realize that at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, it's dependent on how much you want to reveal yourself upon me right now, Hashem. And this is what Yaakov Avinu brought out into the world. Now, this is a Torah you should probably only learn or say the day before Rosh Hashanah or on Rosh Hashanah, because what could it do to your avoda in Elul? Right. Whatever, it's not you know, Like, whatever, as far as I try, at the end of the day, basically, that's the game. That's the game, because you can only come to this realization... And daven over it for real. If if this is just as real, if these thirty days of ani le dodi is just as real as the moment Hashem says vidodidi, I'm on you, I'm coming down on you, I'm bringing it all on you, I'm sharing it upon you, whether you like it or not. It only happens that way. That's the only way. Uh, that that that's the only thing. That's the only way that it can that the tefillah for it uh, can happen. But it is a reason why, why maybe it's important to point out this: that what are you really davening for Rosh Hashanah? What are you really davening on Rosh Hashanah? Like it's all about the world. The world should be in awe of you. That everything's in the hands of heaven, even how much Yirat Shammayim is going to be coming down at this moment. That is the dream of Yaakov. The result of that experience is a bite. Uh, I was thinking about it this week because of one of my girls' homeworks, is that the, what did God give the Miyaldot? Batim. Bayas lahem batim. You did that homework too? Yeah. <laughs> What did, what, 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 so the says in that what is a bite, a lutu, yeshuvadas? That's what a bite, a bite. like I have a home, like an established setting, calm, settling of the mind. It seems that as hard as our work is and as intense as it is, um, getting a reward based on how hard I worked feels good. It doesn't necessarily give me yeshuvadat. The yeshuvadat in my life are the moments. I was like... These moments of uh, again everything we everything we described until now. So again, Yaakov. So according to Rabbi Zadok, how come the bracha of Uvachen Tain Pachdecha isn't by Yitzchak, and why is it by Yaakov? Because the pachad that we're talking about Yitzchak is still an Anila Dodi. It's it's me working on the pachad, me establishing, uh, you know, the realization of what it means to have God in my life. And God gets tremendous nachas from that as well. But then there's a different world called Manorah Makomaza, where the Rebbe Oneshaim says, you'll never get it. This is just the way I operate. It's amazing. It's like Yaakov Avino you know, didn't wake up from the dream and say, hmm, why, why did you have to do that through a dream? Why, can't, why couldn't you have let me reach that on my own? He doesn't ask questions. He just establishes right now, Beta, Lukim. So I give us a bracha. A strong Brahatha, we should all be blessed to like Reb Shlomo Kaarbach once said, you know, sometimes we, we like we, we dream our dreams, but it's, it's so much deeper to like try to be tuned into God's dreams because they're so much less limiting than our dreams. Like what are our greatest dreams in life? They're very much they're they're limited. It's based on what we think would be considered to be a big dream, something big. How many things have happened to us in our life that we, we, we never dared dream because it's too big for our imagination. And those are the things that have the most Ashbah in our life. It's like amazing. They, but we say in benching, I was, just, oh, I, forgot, I was talking about this with someone, well, with Rav Rakovsky. It says in benching that basically the non-Jewish world is going to, they're going to realize how much greater God is before we are or what God has done to us, for us. They're going to realize it. Before we, before we realize it, because this is going to be the, the appearance of God in this world. As Yomru B'Goim Higdil Hashem Sotim Eile, and then what do we say? Oh, Higdil Hashem Lasotim Manu Einus Mechin. That right? It's like it's, what God is what God is doing to us. What God wants to do to us Man Norah Hamakom is greater than anything we could imagine. So on Rosh Hashanah, what are we tuned into? Hashem, get me out of my limitations of what it means to be in Europe from you. Get me out of any of my constrictions of what it means that the whole world will be one and that they'll all come to Yerushalayim. Get me out of my limitations of what I think it'll it'll take. The rest of the year I have to work on using my imagination and my talents to create the best vehicle through which all these things can happen. But on Rosh Hashanah, the world is recreated. Also, Rebbe for what I think people need for healing, all year long I have to do my Ishtadlus and everything I have to do. I was looking at the, you know, this list. I have to do everything I need to do. But on, but on Rosh Hashanah, I'm saying, you Onushalom, just like you could appear to Yaakov Avinu in a dream and instill such awe, you actually really could do anything. So I'm not even asking you to do anything. I'm just begging you to, to get me out of my katnut, get me out of my small-mindedness of what I think you're capable of doing and what I think is capable of happening in this world. And that's why Rosh Hashanah is such a day of yira, yamim noraim, because it's, it, it takes a lot of awe to be in this state of a, such a tefillah. Get me out of my limitations of what, who I think my children are and what I think I am to them. Just, just take me out of it. Restarting the whole thing. It's a, it's a restart button. Mm-hmm. That's how Hashem designed the world. And, and we see it through Shmona That Dafka, the bracha of pachad, of being in awe, comes from the more, it's connected more to the subconscious appearance of awe, through Yaakov, as opposed to the conscious appearance of awe, which is through Yitzchak we made it through our first piece of Reb of Lublin. This is a different world of Torah. I know it's not as easy than uh, others, not easy, but it's not as, I don't know what the right word is. It's not like that, cash kind of Torah. Like no, 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 it's work. No, it's, it's, well, it's work, but Hashem, it's work, but Hashem is get, may decide, like, I'll give you, I'll just give you to it, you know, I'll give it to you right now. I don't want to put limits on my work and what I could achieve, but it's definitely being in touch with the tzaddik. Who had the whole Torah? He had everything in his hand, on his fingertips, and through these drops that he gives us, we just were. Do you realize how much Torah we covered in one piece? It's unbelievable. Should be privileged to do this for many more years because of the